Hey listeners of the Train 2.0 show, this is a really special podcast where we have my friend Pavel Barber and I having a, a little discussion, a little interview, We're talking about building Train AI, so I'm going to ask him some of the most common questions he's asked and his answers, plus some of the most common questions he think play, players should ask him but don't and his answers. And I think a lot of people who see Pavel and his videos, see his entertaining, goofy style, but maybe don't know how philosophical and thoughtful he is as a coach and teacher. And I think this, this interview gives a really good insight into that. Really happy with how this one turned out. A lot of value bombs from Pavel himself. So without further ado, I introduce us to the interview. This is the uh, first episode of Creating Train AI, where what we're doing is we're interviewing top coaches, top players, top managers, and then we're looking to take their knowledge and then help the intelligence of Train AI so that players anywhere can get access to expert knowledge. So um, I guess our first question is, you're asked questions a lot as a coach, right? Yeah, What's your time. main... What's the main question that uh, people are asking? It's you? like how to stick handle faster. How usually. to stick handle faster? Yeah. Huh. Is the, the, the main one. What do you like what do you think they mean when they're like stick handle faster? I think like, they just want their blade to move quicker yeah, yeah, yeah. and be able to rotate so it uh, looks cool. Well you always see like guys like McDavid and Kane do the yeah, yeah. the quick handle and everything everyone's obsessed with being able to do the yeah. the speed portion of the the stick handling stuff. So that's the that's question they get a lot. Yeah. Well I guess like you like that you you kind of you were the one guy who like who told me about the quick handle mm-hmm. right and like I think last year a couple years ago whenever our last interview was and you were like okay it's you know you brush the puck and it's just on the heel right mm-hmm. yeah so like that like that is the most kind of common question you're asked yeah yeah and absolutely. so what's your like main answer uh, I think it's 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 a combination of two things it's it has to do with where your your heel makes contact with the ice mm-hmm. in relation to the puck. How much space there is because if there's too sp- too much space it takes longer to hit it right uh, and then the distance uh the blade clears over the puck on each rotation right uh and and then the timing of the rotation it's got to happen right after you brush the puck you got to be already in rotation mode ready uh for the next next stick handle which a lot of people are late uh or underhandle on the backhand side specifically um but those are the two main points and then it's just uh you know, training at a at a rate that you're 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 going you're constantly going slow, and then building up. Mm-hmm. It's too many times you see kids like just start a million miles an hour, and then they're not really benefiting themselves, and uh, they're kind of just making the same mistakes over and over. Right. Uh, whereas if you you start slow, you get those little mechanical things right, and uh, the contact point, and, and that, and slowly build up. You'll you'll uh, 
make them faster over time, a lot quicker. Right. And then, like, do you also, like, because you see, like, McDavid, and I've seen in your Instagram post, like, McDavid uh, will do the no-stick handle, stick mm-hmm. handle. Yeah, absolutely. And there's, like, some coaches who are like, oh, don't do the no-stick handle, stick handle. But, like, McDavid does it in a game. Oh, all, every, like, right. all these elite stick handlers are doing it now. So would you say that's a way to, like, um, I guess improve the even the appearance of your the speed of your stick handling or like yeah i mean uh i think it's 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 a great addition to the the speed speed handles for sure like the 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 quickness of your hands it's really i mean the wave over or the wave in front has to do with deception and just throwing off uh the the next direction the puck is going to take right because you know as a defender like you're looking for patterns you're looking to see not that you're puck watching all the time but sometimes you're you're looking at the blade and and you're wondering you know where's the next move going to be based on where he's going now and usually it's just you know forehand backhand forehand backhand mm-hmm. repeat but if they you know uh, interrupt that process and, and change it they go forehand backhand wave in front pull forehand you know, that might clear a little bit more space and make it a little bit more unpredictable than it would have been otherwise right so that's kind of like the main in-game Transfer, yeah, of, yeah, yeah, of the skill. <laughs> okay, so if you're so the main thing is like if uh, um, if a kid or a player or anyone's asking how do I stick handle quicker, you're saying it's mostly to do with you know like ensuring that you're not getting too far on either side of the puck, yeah, and then making sure you get the mechanics right, and then um, once you get the mechanics right, speeding up from there, yeah, is absolutely, yeah, it's that, and then, yeah, and then over the top of the puck, and then uh, another thing. And I use this at home. Is a lot of people think like uh, with stick handling, uh, heavier objects will be harder, right. which is like the opposite. Right. Heavy objects are super easy to handle uh, because they don't move much. You can be making mistakes with an uh, eight ounce puck, and you might not know it because it doesn't move. But if you use something lighter, like I used to use, like a golf ball or a tennis ball or a floor ball, something that's really light that forces you to be not only softer, but also react quicker right. when you get to a certain stage. Those are great tools to get to that use. risk to roll over. Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Just, yeah. It just forces you to stick handle faster because if you don't, you'll you'll lose it. So. Right. And what's like the second most common question you're asked? Uh, I think it's just at, like how to be more deceptive. Like, uh, okay. you know, how to... How do I fake people out? Like a lot of it has to do with one-on-ones. Right. That's a, an area I think everyone is, everyone struggles with, even at the at the pro level. Um, you know, how do I get a defender to bite? How do I get him to turn his feet? Yeah. Uh, but it's it's mostly the question is just like how do I fake people out? Right. And what's your uh, I think, common answer? Yeah, I think the the common answer uh, in, in short is you gotta find ways to manipulate their their feet or their or their stick. Uh, the biggest thing, the biggest advantage you'll always have that is going to get a defender to turn their stick or turn their feet is speed. Uh, that's always something you, you want to consider on one-on-ones. You see a lot of kids go in on one-on-one situations and they glide. And any move you make at a glide is substantially less effective than it would be at speed. Because if right. you're at speed, you make one move, then you have enough distance to cut them off and hopefully eliminate but if you glide, you make one move, you haven't really cleared much distance uh, from the defender. You don't have an elim- elimination opportunity. So uh, I think for those things is just be able to handle a puck, shift your body weight at speed. Right. And then it's, you know, y- you can videotape yourself uh, without a defender and just, just look at the way your, your body is moving, your weight is shifting, mm-hmm. um, and the, the way you're stick handling the puck and, and ask yourself, is it predictable 
you know, where, where my next move is. Right. And a good, good thing to do is just set up a camera right in front of you, skate at it, yeah. you know, make your one-on-one moves and ask yourself, is it obvious where I'm going next or not? Right. Well, I think, like, one thing, like, when you're saying glide is, like, is when a lot of players, they plant both feet and then they mm. stop shifting their weight. Yeah. Right? They yeah. just, like, plant and then, yeah. then they move it's their hands. It's all hands, yeah. But then, like, what you're saying is, like, like, watch yourself and see if you're shifting your weight and if that weight shift from foot to foot ends up looking deceptive yeah is that kind of yeah yeah, yeah absolutely because right. it's you know there's, it, there's always uh you know you, you see players a lot the, the speed differentials uh you know changing from you know doing crossovers mm-hmm. glide into another crossover or like crossover into a stride into another crossover like like those things being unpredictable with your your skating uh is is really the biggest thing because right. the, the, the skating is going to call plant your hands uh uh, twice as much as your hands would on their own. So, Interesting. Uh, Stick handling guru recommends skating. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's by far the yeah, most okay. important part of the game. Yeah. Good, good. Okay. Um, what is, like, like when, like, do you kind of, um, with players, like, I know you work one-on-one with players, like, are, they're sending you mostly game tape or training footage or, like, do you? Like, yeah, mostly, uh, mostly game tape. Um, right. But, yeah, a lot of training footage as well. Right. And so, like, I guess, like, if, you know, ultimately, like, uh, for training to pay off, it, it, you need to get results in games. So, mm-hmm. um, like, what is the biggest result? Or, like, what is, I guess, what is the most important result or the, the result that you know you can make the biggest difference on? Like, what measurable result do you look to kind of move the, the dial on in games? Uh, I think it, it comes down to awareness. Like, awareness, if, if you okay. can if you can make a kid aware of a situation they were unaware of yeah. before, right. uh, and and know the tools to exploit that, then you've done a pretty damn good job as a coach. Um, I mean, if if you give them all these tools and they don't know how to apply it in games or they don't know the situation right. uh, in which they'd use the moves, it's it's not very useful. Right. But it's all about yeah, it's it's all about the awareness and, and getting kids to think, oh, like this is the situation where this move is so effective. Right. You know, the the defense can't really turn back or cut back and and guard me if I come at this angle right. in this situation. So I think that's what we're always looking for. How do you measure like how do you measure that? Like how do you know like if you if you have one player and you're like, hey like you know, he had poor awareness and then another player or, and then you worked with him for a bit, and he's like, oh, he's got better awareness now. Like, what are, yeah. what are like, the measurable things you're looking at? Measurable is the dialogue between us, like, mm-hmm. usually when we're talking. And, and that's, like, I always try and create an environment where kids will talk to me, and right. I won't have to go up to them and ask them questions. Right. Um, and they'll just be like, yeah, I, you know, I noticed this, I noticed that. But a lot of the time I'll have to go up to them and ask questions, and if they, you know, say something like, you know, I caught him you know, with his weight shifted here as I was looking up and, and fake to go inside and then cut, that tells me a lot that they're actively looking for cues, actively looking right. for, you know, situations where they can create an advantage right. or where they already have that advantage. Right. So I think, yeah, it's the, the dialogue for, for starters. And then, you know, I think a lot of the time, if, if you've trained kids enough, you see them going, you can just, you can just see them notice things more. Right. Uh, but then you always want to, you know, start the dialogue and uh, right. confirm that and make right. sure that they are aware. Because really cool. then they can, you know, be consistent at it and, yeah. and replicate it. Right. So you're kind of like asking them like, uh, um, like if they're, I guess probably over time, like you start out by asking them like, oh, did you notice this cue? And they're like, oh, no, I didn't. Thanks for pointing that out. And then mm-hmm. as you go, 
if they're like, you're saying, oh, did you notice this cue? And they're saying, yes, I did notice it, but I just didn't act on it. And then, the, then kind of as you go, they're like, yeah, they're like, yeah, I, I saw it and I acted on it, and you saw it too. Yeah, right? is that kind of like the yeah, absolutely, right? yeah, that would be. So how would like someone like let's say they don't have you to like go back and forth with? Like how would they kind of like identify that they are making the improvements like on their own? You know what I mean? Like if if a kid is like by themselves, they're like, hey. Uh, like I want to make sure my awareness is improving, like Pavel says, uh, but I can't text him every day. Mm-hmm. How would they? How would they know? I think it, it would just be like, you know, them on their own. Like I used to, I used to uh, use these things. I call them training logs, and right. you just like after a practice yeah, write yeah. things that you noticed you you may not have noticed, and, right. and some days you're gonna come up empty, and that's totally fine. Right. But you know, you just you you think of things the coach has said. Right. You know, you you go through your whether it's like a corner one on one or a, you know five on five game or something, and you're you're looking for these things the the coach said, and then right. you you jot down you know little points yeah. of, of of why you think that was effective or where you struggled with it. Right. And then you you just keep chipping away at that, and I think those training logs make a big. Uh, big difference but they also tell that kid a lot about whether or not their awareness is growing and, yeah. and stuff like that because we, we're, we're all students of the game and uh, I'm a big advocate for you can uh, cultivate a training environment where you can build hockey IQ mm-hmm. and hockey IQ to me is just awareness you know right, right. being aware of situations where you can be more effective out there on the ice and where your advantages are yeah that's a, a trainable skill but it's mental and it's hard to measure so a lot of coaches think you can't right train it just because it's not physical and you don't like see it uh but i definitely think it is well i guess as your book grows that's a way to measure yeah. like it's yeah absolutely like, I don't, have you ever have you ever i mean my kind of obsession with measurement comes from the book how to measure anything of you i haven't that? read that no it's just like it's just saying that like look uh measurement is strictly the there's like kind of three ways you can kind of call measurement or like three characteristics but one of the most important is just a reduction of uncertainty so any reduction of uncertainty going from any kind of level of uncertainty and reducing it Mm -hmm. is measurement so if if what you're saying is like that's why like i really like that idea like if you have this training log and you're saying uh and it was empty and now Mm -hmm. it's full yeah there is a form of measurement yeah right like you said it's like it's it's hard to measure hockey IQ or hockey sense or whatever and a lot of people just say ah, I can't do it yeah yeah but that's a pretty cool way to reduce the uncertainty yeah to know that absolutely. you're kind of trending yeah upwards. no that's 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 a good way to say it absolutely. nice I like that it's really good that's a really good takeaway for players I think um, what are the most important questions that players should be asking but don't uh, I, th- I think it's the anything mental mm-hmm. uh, your, your preparation uh, before the games uh, and your preparation like mental prep before games I, I hardly ever get asked that when I do I write a lot because I love right. that question and right. I think it should be asked a lot more but it's you know everything uh, going back to the immeasurables or the, the difficulty to measure these things these mental skills you know just being game ready and, and, and focused and in the present moment and uh, and just ready for a game uh, is it, hard to measure. Uh, it's it's not a highlight reel move. Uh, so maybe kids don't don't think it's important. But uh, I think anything anything where you're you're preparing mentally before a game uh, and you're asking questions on how to do that, whether it's you know like e- even just like nutrition, you know 
getting a nap in, uh, depending when the game is, uh, timing of your eating, like, you know, how long before I eat a game, how much water, uh, and how long before a game to be at my peak energy, like, uh, and then just like how to block out like anxiety or nervousness. Cause we all know that when we're nervous with the puck, we usually grip the stick tighter. We usually don't think clearly and we just make the, you know, a uh, quick move that probably isn't the best one. So, right. you know, how do we find ways to reduce anxiety before a game and just be at our best? Like, those are the questions I wish I got more. Right. Yeah. And then, so, like, what is your, if, if you're answering them, like, what would be, like, the most kind of, like, if there's, like, a, let's say one thing, like, mm-hmm. to answer all that and you're, like, you know, this is the one thing you must do. Yeah. What would that be? It always, for me, it always goes back to routines, uh, and we always see, like, with whether it's NBA, NHL, players have different warm-up routines, yeah. and, and no one's better than the other, but the purpose of routines is, is to mentally prepare yourself before a game, do all those little things you feel you need to do so that when the whistle goes or when the puck drops, you're, you're ready, and you feel ready, uh, ready to go. So um, for routines, like, these are things that, you know, you do in order that keep you in the present moment so that you're not just sitting there with empty time and space uh, where that's where like anxiety builds up, where there's nothing on your mind and then you're thinking, oh, what if I screw up? Oh, what if I do this? And then you get nervous and you start looking at the opponents warming up and you're like, oh my God, they look big or they look stronger or faster. And, and that takes you totally away from the goal that you want, which is to be your best to help out the team. So, yeah, any way to find your, yourself a routine that, that works for you, that keeps you in the present moment up until the, the puck drops there is, is a good thing. Right. And then, like, I think, like, uh, um, the, the, one of the great purposes of routines is you don't – it allows you not to, like you said, not think so that you're not like, oh, like, you're not inventing a new routine every, yeah. every game. It's like – and that way you don't forget things, right? You don't yeah, forget, absolutely. Like, yeah. Oh, like, you know, I drink this after my nap. Yeah, you know, I drink X amount of water after my nap. That way, you never forgot to be dehydrated. You don't yeah. have to like think. Exactly. Oh, did I drink enough water today? Yeah, yeah. It's right? just it's, habit. It's it just, becomes habit. And yeah. So that's like a good way of like you know like I call it like um, uh, using a system instead of a goal, mm-hmm. right? So like you have a, an automated system built of habits of just like like you know I do this and I do that and I do this and and that's kind of what you're saying is it gives you the best chance to have you prepared for the yeah the game hundred percent routines and habit yeah nice okay really good takeaways for players here i love it uh last one fun one who are you paying attention to in the nhl the most right now and why uh barzell barzell yeah Yeah. (laughs) the local boy he uh yeah that guy just uh ever since the world juniors kind of caught my eye i thought he had a lot of uh kind of patrick kane in him that with also just like not that Patrick Kane's not a good skater, but uh, Barzell's kind of like at a whole other level in terms of like speed and yeah. and just like uh, you know finding the open ice and hitting all his crossovers yeah. and he does like seven thousand crossovers yeah. sometimes <laughs> on a rush, especially in three on three where he's got the time and space. But uh, yeah, I just think you know for a guy, I, I think he, he broke the record for rookies getting five point games. Right, he's such a he's a playmaker uh, style player, but he's he's just so so aware of where everyone is on the ice and he makes the smart play a lot, but he's also like a high skill stick handling wise right. and, and high speed. 
uh, kind of player. So that's he is just so fun to watch yeah. out there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, he's, no, he's very exciting. And I think he surprised now. everyone. Like, uh, Wait, doesn't he have like something like a point a game right now? I think he's around that. Same with Besser. I think like he's another guy that surprised people as a right. as a rookie. But uh, it's like yeah. end of February right now. For those of you guys who are listening at another time, so it's uh, yeah, he's currently at a point a game in his rookie season. So. Yeah. Oh, he's insane. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Totally. Um. So that's kind of all for questions. Like, who else do you think? would be good for this like like i said like the idea is to um kind of get the, the best most intelligent hockey coaches compile the knowledge for players uh and you know, like and you and i both know there's a difference between like experience and expertise right mm-hmm. um so if, like can you think of anyone who would be like open to this idea of the technology open to um you know sharing in this way uh that would be like a good person to talk to uh, contribute to the hockey brain. Yeah. Um, who do you have so far? You you already had some, right? No, just you're you're, you're numero uno. But oh, then I've okay. got a few other guys lined up, like oh, okay. people I want to chat with. Okay. Then, uh, like the guys who are like easiest to get a hold of are the pros because they got right. They got less time than the coaches. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The coaches are harder to get a hold of and, yeah. and not as like uh, uh, like easy to get a hold of and not always as open to sharing because yeah. they don't have any secrets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As you as yeah. you know. But, um, uh, yeah, like, the pros will be easy. Uh, I'll line those guys up. And, but, uh, I mean, I was, was going to hope to chat with – well, I'll tell you who I was hoping to chat with after. But, like, okay. you know the guys, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But is there anyone that pops off the top of your head? Uh, I mean, I, I think any anyone who's involved in, in skills coaching for a while, uh, like the – I think I met the Canucks guy at the coaches conference – um, oh, yeah. A lot of people who go to the coaches conference would be would be great because they're already kind of talk to Jay. Hey, doing that. Yeah, yeah Jay. Jay would be great. Say, yeah. They have all those contacts. But I, I, yeah, I definitely think the pro players is a is a big thing. I think I think a lot of pro players uh, are big students of the game, right. and then there's some that aren't as analytical, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is which is totally fine. Um, but yeah, talking to the ones who do think deeply about the game and. Who, who really know the process in which they got better mm-hmm. and, and deeply understand that right. would be great to pick their brain because obviously it's proven the way they got there and, and you're going to find so many different paths, which is such a good thing because, you know, we always see people get in arguments about, uh, you know, how to build skill. Mm-hmm. And the problem with a lot of those arguments is they're, the way people uh, get into those arguments is they think there's just one path right. and there's one way. And I think we got to be a little bit more open-minded to the the fact that there's a lot of different ways to do things. Of course, you know, there's no problem arguing like how to build a skill if you think it's built this way. There's no problem having a conversation around that. But but it's good to respect the fact that there's multiple avenues to to getting better. So like those pro players that you talked of, who are like who got better and are aware of the process they use to get better. Uh, can you think of and and maybe I won't get them on the podcast right away, but if yeah. I can, like aim myself at getting them, do you know any of that would be? Well, <laughs> obviously Sidney Crosby would be a, a great one. He's the guy, uh, hey. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah, he's just so analytical and he's always thinking the game. I remember reading an article where he was talking uh, about uh, one of his assistant coaches was saying he like called him at two a.m. to talk about. <laughs> Uh, hockey systems and, and stuff. He just really seems like the kind of guy that is always deeply thinking about how to get the advantage, 
uh, and every interview he's pretty candid and saying what he's working on every year and it's always just to be a little bit more deceptive find ways to be a little bit more deceptive and well, let's uh, um, let's make that our goal to get him let's interview him together oh that'd be what sick. do you think let's yeah. make it our goal to get him on the podcast yeah all right we'll have to uh, we'll have to be like uh, paparazzi and catch him yeah. at the coffee shop <laughs> hey bud we'll, we'll go to his hometown so he's a little more comfortable actually Col- Col- I, Harbor. <laughs> um, I was just chatting with a guy who's from Colt Harbor, so um, oh yeah, who is I guess friends with McKinnon, so um, maybe well, they're maybe tight. that's our end. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Anyone else other than Crosby? Other than Crosby, uh, I think Patrice Bergeron would be a, a really good one. He's yeah. he is super smart right. uh, player. Of course, like I don't like I don't know like the way they are off the ice and, and stuff. I just think he he plays the game. Uh, Super intelligently, um, Tavares would be mm-hmm. another one. He's the guy who's made such tremendous strides, like yeah, coming yeah. into the league, being told he's not a very good skater, uh, which maybe at the time was was true, but he's worked so hard on it yeah. uh, with his skating coach in, in Toronto, and um, and he's just excelled so much in his ability to like he's so strong in the puck, but also his like stick handling skill and. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way he's getting results now, I think he'd be a, a, a pretty good guy to talk to. Right. Okay. All right. Well, there you have it. We're going to be – Pavel Barber and I will be interviewing Crosby. There you go. On this podcast, picking his brain on how he's a student of the game. <laughs> Guaranteed. And, uh, yeah. Well, thanks for being on again. Thank you for having two. me, buddy. And uh, a pleasure. for those of you guys listening, I think you got some good actionable takeaways. Yeah, hopefully. And uh, – yeah, look forward to those being implemented in Train AI so that you don't have to always listen to this podcast when you're, when you're on the go. All right? Thanks for watching, guys. Thanks again for being on. Yeah, anytime, bud.